2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: welcome back to fantasy sports today fun segment we've been doing this week which is detailing some of the dynasty league futures in fantasy football and naturally if you would have told me before the beginning of the season asked me Davis who the number 1 uh receiver would be taken in the NFL draft uh at wide receiver in in college going into the NFL this season I would have said uh, Jordan Addison a million times a million times for USC I mean he was consensus number 1 going in consensus best wide receiver in the country so I guess when I was looking today at some of the receivers that we were going to talk about I was really surprised to see uh at least i'm supposing this is in your opinion or maybe this is some of the draft projections that he has been passed up by somebody else
4: yeah i mean i think probably quentin johnson is going to end up being the number one wide receiver off the board and i'm super interested in quentin johnson for Mm -hmm. fantasy because he's kind of the um the old prototype of what we used to think of wide receivers right bigger guy plays on the perimeter uh, is going to win one on one a lot, you know, kind right. of like a, like a Mike Williams type. Whereas, you know, if you think Julio about Jones. the guys who, who, yeah, Julio Jones, right? A lot of the guys that we are are going to talk about for this draft class are kind of the opposite. They are they are the new prototype. They are the Devonta Smith, the Chris Olave, the Garrett Wilson, right? So they play they can play outside, but they mostly play inside. They're smaller. None of these guys are six feet tall. They probably all weigh, you know, 180, 185 pounds, something like that. And and Addison does fit in there. I mean, he is a super smooth guy. But this first guy that we are going to talk about, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, he mm-hmm. is a mystery wrapped in a riddle, wrapped inside of an enigma. I mean, he what a what a weird prospect to try and figure out. I I can't make heads or tails of him.
3: Okay, so I I don't know a lot here. So you're going to have to help me out.
4: Okay, so Jackson Smith and Jigba, last year, not this year for Ohio State, he comes in as a 18-year-old sophomore, right? And he comes into a game against Nebraska, 15 receptions, 240 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that starts him. I mean, he is just absolutely dominating from that point. They get to uh, their, their bowl game against Utah, Craig, 15 receptions. 347 yards and three touchdowns for Ohio State, right? For Ohio State with C.J. Stroud quarterbacking him. He outproduces Garrett Wilson over that time frame. He outproduces Chris Olave. I mean, he was more productive last season than two first-round NFL draft picks in Wilson and Olave. Jeremy Ruckert, also an NFL player. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. And Emeka and Buka are also going to be NFL players, probably first-round picks in their own right. And Smith and Jigba was better then all of them, he, he put them all to shame at the end of the season. And Craig this year, the guy barely played. I mean, he, he, I, I believe in the end he had four receptions, five receptions because of a hamstring injury and Mm -hmm. he's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. But I mean, it's just like, we've got six games of this guy. We've seen like six games of this guy playing. It's, it's really crazy. Um, My sense is that if he, is in like the back half of rookie drafts, like six through 12, I'm probably going to take him in every single draft. Um, but wow. if he gets pretty pricey, his, his risk profile is is obviously very intense.
3: Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is that's a fascinating story to think that he could end up being the first uh, wide receiver taken. Maybe Quentin Johnson, as you said. Uh, okay. So I know a ton about Jordan Addison. Obviously watched him play at a very high level. I guess, uh, Davis, the, the question that people are going to have from both a fantasy and reality point of view, Is that if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the last 20 years of USC wide receivers has not necessarily worked out all that well for teams in the NFL. And I don't really know why that is, but this even dates back to uh, Pete Carroll when he was uh, head coach there at USC. But Addison last year, over 870 receiving yards and also eight touchdowns. So do you think that that is, is the case with him? Or do you think that he sort of breaks the mold? And maybe I'm missing a couple of good receivers from USC the last couple of years. But it feels like it's been it, it hasn't gone as well as people would have thought.
4: Well, I, I hate to do it to you. Um so this did yet yeah, definitely used to be the case. Uh, you know, you want to think back to like um, you know, Marquise Lee, uh, some of these guys, you know, he, like guys who, who are missing? like actually huge busts. Well, uh Amon Ross St. Brown, USC, Drake London, That's a good one. USC and Michael Pittman Jr. all went to USC the last three years. So those guys are definitely starting. I
3: don't know. Let's see. Let's see. The jury's still out. I'm all around saying Brown's great. But those are the yeah. two I think that I can wait to see if they're going to be great or not. We'll see.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sold on London after what he did to end the year. I mean, he once once they got Marcus Mariota out of there, he looked a lot better. But honestly, I'm, I'm pretty concerned about Addison just because he so like he is also a smaller guy but I don't think he's gonna have the crazy speed I think they're gonna get to the combine and like I think Smith and jigba is gonna be a lot faster than him um, and and if he also like if he does have a poor combine we're talking like this guy's gonna be a second third round pick I mean Craig, how many second, third round pick guys have we taken for our fantasy football teams? And, and we're just never heard from again. Right. <laughs> just like you know, Van Jefferson, McCall Hardman, like so many guys yeah. uh, because wide receiver is so important in the NFL. Now. I mean, we had six wide receivers go in the first round last year, a bunch go in the second round, like a, a second round wide receiver is not the same thing that it used to be. Um, but I, I think probably Smith and Jigba, Quinton Johnson, who we're about to talk about, and, and Addison are like mm-hmm. the clear top tier. I think those guys are all going to be first round rookie picks, probably yep. top, let's say, seven rounds of our redraft leagues next year. But I think there's a pretty significant drop after that.
3: Yeah. All right. So let's hit Quinton Johnson, who played for TCU and had that huge game against Michigan. Clearly no one had a good game in the championship against Georgia. So, you know, that Um, also was banged up a little bit last season too, toward the end, but of the, of the players we're talking about today, he feels Davis like the safest guy. Like, I I don't know what kind of career he's going to have. And, you know, I don't know if he'll be Mike Evans or he will be Julio Jones or, or or who he's going to be, but I, I would guess the first
4: few years
3: of his career, the combination of his speed and size As long as he gets with anybody who could just throw him the ball, I I think you're going to be okay here. I just don't know, like, if he has a higher ceiling maybe than some of these other players we're talking about.
4: Yeah, I mean, so, man, I I can't even believe I'm bringing this up. I'm I'm bringing some dark clouds to the program here. But I remember another TCU wide receiver who had all the traits, had all the skills. (laughs) He was always open in college. He had, like, the worst quarterback play you've ever seen. But it felt like, oh, once this guy gets a quarterback, he's going to be unbelievable. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about Jalen Rager. Now, I would say Quentin Johnson started out his senior season at TCU, and you're thinking, oh, brother. Uh, He doesn't have over 40 yards for the first month of the season, doesn't score a touchdown for the first month of the season, and you're like, oh, here we go again. Jalen Rager, 2.0. Guy should have gone in the first round. And then he went absolutely nuts. Uh, 14 for 206 against Kansas. Eight for 180 against Oklahoma State, uh, four for 139 in the the championship game against K State, six for 163 and one against Michigan. I'm not going to hold the game against Georgia against him. No, plenty of guys get shut out by Georgia. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on the board. I'm not. I'm not invoking the ghost of Jalen Rager. I think Quentin Johnson much better, much different skill set than than Rager. I think he's going to be okay.
3: I'm still shocked Rager didn't turn out to be anything in the NFL. He was so good at TCU. But but these are different players, though, too. Rager's a smaller guy, punt return type. I, I think Rager, if I'm not mistaken, Davis, I think I may have brought this up on the show before. I think he scored eight straight touchdowns yeah. for TCU meaning Correct. eight touchdowns in a row that TCU scored. He was the one that scored that. I mean, I mean any player in college football that does that, you got to think something of. All right, uh, let's talk about Josh Downs real quick from North Carolina. 80 receptions over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, ACC player. Every,
4: everyone looks good in North Carolina. Everybody yeah, looks good at North Carolina. I mean, how many guys? It's just a great offense. He's, he's playing with a great quarterback, Drake May, who's going to be a first-round pick next year. I, I can't develop. I, I mean down seems interesting because of his size uh, i'll see how fast he runs at the combine and then and then yeah. i will be able to deliver a real opinion
3: yeah fair enough doesn't seem like a great wide receiver class by the way in the uh, in the upcoming draft in the nfl a few guys no, may be interesting but don't it maybe it's later on uh okay uh we'll we'll dive into some of the matchups in the nfl coming up next so stay on the grid for that davis and i'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after this quick timeout Don't go away.
5: and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investinginamerica.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework,
3: By some fun games, of course, on the schedule this weekend. It is Super Wild Card Weekend. And, folks, for those of you who are out of your season-long fantasy football uh, league, whether you won or lost, there's some really good opportunities to make money. And one of them, of course, is by playing over at Thrive Fantasy. If you have not downloaded the app, do it right now. And on top of that, we're going to give you a deposit bonus. In fact, if you deposit with Thrive Fantasy for the first time, and use our promo code, which is SPORTSGRID, S-P-O-R-T-S-G-R-I-D, we're going to match your deposit bonus of up to $250. What does that mean? Download the app, put money in, you get a matched bonus of up to $250, but you have to use the promo code, which is SPORTSGRID. So make sure you prop up and do that before the weekend. And on top of that, we're going to give you some options to help you make some money this weekend with some props. We call it here on the show, The Thrive Five all right some fun games this weekend davis we've got of course the san francisco 49ers taking on the seattle seahawks on saturday we also have the los angeles chargers taking on the jacksonville jaguars i don't know did you see that chargers tweet come, that came out a couple hours ago do you see that tweet that out oh, stunning to see how uh in on the media they got this morning i don't know if you caught that
4: I mean, what are they? Are they are they mad that people are not unanimously oh, picking yeah. them to oh, win? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, maybe oh, if, yeah. if the Chargers were a more serious organization and didn't, uh, you know, just kerfuffle around and, and behave stupidly all the time, I would take them far more seriously.
3: Yeah. Posting receipts on the board where you said this and you said this, worried about what Dan
4: Orlovsky says. I mean, my
3: gosh, like you're setting yourself up for. I don't know. I don't know what the Chargers are doing there. But anyway, here are the five props we're going to review here on our show today. Uh, Kenneth Walker, his total rushing yards is set on Thrive Fantasy at 78 and a half. We'll talk about Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver on the San Francisco Giants, who is set at 56 and a half. We also have George Kittle just scoring a touchdown in this game for the 49ers. Keenan Allen, in terms of his total receiving yards, which is set at 63 and a half. And then we will cap it off at the end with Evan Engram, who's been such a big weapon, Davis, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. His total receptions in this game set at four and a half. All right, so let's start off with Seattle. Now, if uh, if the game script goes Seattle's way, then Kenneth Walker is going to be rushing the ball twenty to twenty-five times in this game, I would guess. If it goes San Francisco's way, and a lot of games have gone San Francisco's way then I don't know how much running Walker is going to do. And they do tend to use a couple of other running backs. DJ Dallas has been involved in the past. So as, as uh, Travis Homer, but Walker's total rushing yards in this game on thrive fantasy is set at 78 and a half rushing yards. If you go over that, you get 110 thrive fantasy points in the contest. If you go under that, it is 90. So let's get started off. Kenneth Walker's rushing yards.
4: Yeah, uh, so I'm actually going to take the over here on Kenneth Walker for a couple reasons. Um, the first being that, uh, I mean, well, one, he's, he's got three straight over 100 yards, uh, so so pretty, pretty good. I also think that the market might be a little wrong on this one. I, I could see Seattle and San Francisco being a little bit more competitive of a game than the markets are anticipating um you know for example like i, I think it's going to be far more competitive than baltimore cincinnati i, I imagine that cincinnati probably is not going to break a sweat now the seahawks defense is quite poor but look i mean gino the uh, single single season franchise uh, record for passing yardage for seattle lockett and metcalf both of those guys are healthy good to go and and i mean you, you know i mean kenneth walker is going to get the ball 22 times in this game Probably uh, not a ton of of work in the passing game. Uh, they they had kind of been using multiple running back. Craig, you're correct. But Travis Homer got injured again. He is uh, probably not going to play this weekend. So it's just DJ Dallas there behind him. Tony Jones Jr. got waived. So I, I'm going the over here because I, uh, I think he can get this in a loss or a win a tight game, a blowout. Because um, kind of at 78 yards, it really only takes just one of those Kenneth Walker blowaway runs.
3: Yeah, it, it feels low you know me i love the underdogs in the nfl and i think crazy things are going to happen this weekend i don't think there's any doubt my only fear obviously san francisco wins this game big i don't think walker's going over this number they keep it close within even the, the, the spread 10 eight something like that yeah i mean you don't know be careful they're going to be running the ball at the end of the game no matter what so hopefully that is the case for this prop all right now uh brandon Ayuk, once debo samuel got hurt really came on for the san francisco 49ers that's the next prop we're going to be talking about and then we'll hit on george kittle Keenan Allen and cap it off with Evan Engram and his total amount of receptions, but Iuke Davis, uh, you know, was really on fire by the way with Brock Purdy when Debo was out. Now Debo is back obviously for San Francisco. I wonder in your opinion, if that changes the dynamic, Brandon, Ayuk's total amount of rushing yards on thrive fan or excuse me, receiving yards in this game is set at 56 and a half total yards. And boy, this seems like a great number because i mean the over is 100 thrive points the under is 100 thrive fantasy points so this is pretty much around his average for the season what do you think happens on saturday
4: yeah you know i uh this is a little bit of a gut feeling i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie you know craig i, I love the data i love to come in here with, with the facts but i this is this is a little bit of my gut feeling the first thing is that um i think they're gonna take it a little bit easy on mccaffrey in this game again assuming that the seahawks don't really make them sweat because the 49ers i think rightfully believe they can win the super bowl i don't think they want to give McCaffrey like 30 touches in this game same deal for debo right debo is kind of working his way back in while Ayuk has sort of been the superstar this whole time i i think honestly the big loser from debo coming back is likely to be a guy you and i both love george kittle um uh, unfortunately i do think his his role is going to diminish here a little bit so i'm i'm taking the over on Iuk, I just think he's been too good man I just think he is he really to me has been the 49ers best offensive player in this crazy winning streak with Brock Purdy like I mean obviously McCaffrey is better at his position than them but I Iuk plays such a, a difficult role and he just is so phenomenal at it so I'm going over here
3: okay so to review first two props of the five the thrive five we're going over here over on Kenneth Walker's rushing yards And also over on Brandon Ayuk's receiving yards, next we'll tackle George Kittle, we'll go to Keenan Allen of the Chargers, and then Evan Ingram in that second game on Saturday. Okay, so as you mentioned, Davis, the main beneficiary of having Brock Purdy in the lineup has been George Kittle. He has not been the best fantasy receiver by a long shot, that has been Travis Kelsey all season long. If Purdy was playing all year long, I think Kittle would have given Kelsey a run for the money. I mean, he has been fantastic catching. I mean, he's like the red zone guy. There has been no one else. Now, again, Debo's been out some of those games. But even last week, Kittle's still heavily involved. Uh, Just to score a touchdown in this game, if he does, you get 115 drive fantasy points. If he does not, you get 85. So the lean here is on the over to get those points. Which uh, position are you going to take here?
4: Yeah, I I'm going to take the under here on Kittle 1. I think I think this correlates with what I was saying. So, we're going with Kenneth Walker over. We're going with Brandon Ayuk over. That's like a little bit more of kind of like a slower, ground and pound style game cuz cuz you know when Kittle scores like how how many of his touchdowns are red zone touchdowns versus they're on the 47-yard line, George Kittle, you know, fleeces some uh, linebacker, knocks over a safety, and he's, he's off, you know, uh, to the races. So I, I'm going to go the under here. I also think that a lot of people who are taking the Brock Purdy overs, which is 14 and a half on Thrive, I think a lot of those people are going to correlate Purdy and George Kittle. That's just kind of my sense of how the field is going to play it. So I think this will get me into a, a more unique, part of that thrive contest there on saturday so i'm taking the under on george kittle uh, uh 0.5 receiving touchdowns
3: okay so under on kittle this will be the first under of the five that we're reviewing here on the show again over on uh, kenneth walker over on brandon Ayuk's receiving yards under on george kittle's touchdowns which is just basically one so that's a half uh next we'll do keenan allen and then we'll cap it off with evan engram okay so uh mike williams at this point davis at least from what i'm seeing has no chance to play in this game am i wrong about this like i I do not think he is playing on saturday based on this injury uh you know brandon staley is getting crushed for this naturally but let's also be clear uh you know the, the chargers have very capable receivers we've seen situations last year davis with justin herbert where keenan allen was out and mike williams was out and they would use different guys guyton palmer i think are the names if i'm not mistaken there uh, you know, their tight end also has been you know fairly effective for them. I'm not a huge fan of him, but he's played okay. Uh, now let's talk about Keenan Allen this week. And there's a lot of layers here to this. If Williams is out, 63 and a half receiving yards for Keenan Allen is his number. And this is the kind of thing, Davis, where I don't think this is going to be a close one. I think either he is going to smash this and hit like 180 on Saturday or do nothing. I just don't know which one it is.
4: Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's pretty interesting, right? Because we have seen such a, a variability in how Keenan Allen has played this year. Like, when he's been banged up, he's been awful. When Herbert's been bad, his results have been bad. But now that he's fully healthy, I mean, I, I have this line just projected to be way off, honestly. Um, I, I'm i with you. I There's probably a chance Mike Williams plays. It, it's Thursday afternoon. He's not practiced yet this week. But it's a playoff game. You know, Michael Bandy is is Mike Williams's direct backup. So they probably would like Mike Williams to be out there. Uh I, I think you're right, though. I think he probably is not gonna play. I mean, Keenan, like, look, we know what he's gonna do. This dude is gonna get eight receptions for 87 yards with like some decent chance of a touchdown here against the Jaguars. So I'm going, I'm going over here.
3: All right. And uh that will be the fourth of the fifth ones. Let's throw those up on the screen one more time, real quick, for everyone. Uh, Walker, Ayuk, Kittle, Keenan Allen, and Evan Ingram. The five we're reviewing. Let's do the last one, Davis. Evan Ingram, total four and a half receptions. Over, under.
4: Easiest under of my life, Craig. When you count on Evan Ingram, he lets you down. That's just the way it works.
3: Okay, so under on Evan Ingram. Now, guys, let's throw the final graphic up so everyone can see and screenshot this. These are the five props that Davis says to go with this weekend. Take all five there. Over on Walker, over on Ayuk.
0: The collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with
1: Sling. Sling. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. And for those of you who are not yet following us on social media, you got to do it, folks. It's at Sports Grid and at Sports Grid TV for the latest news, notes, information, picks against the spread. Not to mention all of the content that we have here on the show. Davis, a big golf tournament coming up this weekend. I ain't gonna make any predictions. This is not my expertise, but this is yours. Uh, Sony Open coming up this weekend. I know I texted you just a couple of questions about the Sony Open. Uh, what do you think? Uh, who do you think is the winner of uh, of this week's tournament? I know some a different fields, some different favorites in this one too.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I kind of like these tournaments. We get like a a good mix of guys people might know, and then uh, you know there there are a lot there are a lot of like eighty fifth through one hundred fifteenth in the world style of golfers here. I I really like this golf course. It's um, it's, you don't have to be like a really long hitter to crush here. the The fairways are pretty fast and firm. They let the uh, they you know they let the uh, the grass, the the rough grow a little bit here. I I'm gonna say that uh, Corey Connors wins this event. I believe he's going off at like twenty two to one. At most of our uh, our partner sports books, Data Golf has him a little bit worse than that. They estimate him at about twenty eight to one. But you know what? Like you gotta take the worst of it sometimes, uh and, and get a winning bet. And I, I probably am gonna end up betting Corey Connors.
3: All right, so there you go. Corey Connors for the win this weekend at the Sony Open. How about the win for fantasy or reality? I like when we get these right. It's time for some fantasy or reality. Here we go. All right, Davis, welcome back. Let's do it. Fantasy or reality. Nelson Cruz, who, I mean, I guess he's kind of on his way, I think, to like 500 home runs in Major League Baseball. Still going to probably have to play, I think, a couple more years. Uh, Oddly signed last season with the Washington Nationals. Go figure that one. I did not see it coming. In fact, he had such a tough season, he wasn't even moved at the trade deadline. But he finds himself back on a Major League deal with a very good team, by the way, the San Diego Padres. I don't know if he'll play. I don't know how he'll play, but he's got a guaranteed $1 million contract. What does that mean, Davis, in baseball? It don't mean nothing, right? They could cut that guy in spring training. That's that's a nothing contract in baseball. Uh, but let's throw it out there. Albert Pujols had that renaissance. Let's Let's keep that in the back of our mind before we go further. Fantasy or reality, Nelson Cruz will hit at least 20 home runs this season for San Diego
4: uh yeah no chance no chance does he hit uh 20 home runs because i think they're i think they're too good to get him the plate appearances so if you extrapolate his isolated slugging or his home runs per plate appearance from the last couple years but you only give him let's say 360 plate appearances or whatever i don't think that he can i just don't think that that math ends up working out which is not to say that i think like his skills have completely eroded or anything like that because i i think probably if nelson cruz still wants to be playing baseball at uh what is he 42 years old gonna turn 43 during the season like he probably can still do it the same way pools could still do it it's just like they're not able to do it every day they're probably playing twice a week or whatever so yeah i got i got i got fantasy right i uh, i i don't i don't see this one Craig.
3: Yeah, I got fantasy, too. Uh, Cruz is a really uh, interesting Hall of Fame story, too, Davis, because he sort of falls in that category of, of suspended, like, right at the time. The steroid stuff was sort of, you know, players were starting to get suspended, too. But a great guy, really charitable guy, and a favorite from a lot of fans and a lot of players, too, and sort of, you know, fought through that over the course of his great career. But... Davis this is one of those deals where it's like you think he's going to be on the team during the season but then again it's like I don't I don't really know how he sort of helps the uh, Padres so uh, I'm going to say fantasy too man I'm going to say fantasy too I want I want to beat this one I want him to be able to do it and I know I believe he's like the manager if I'm not mistaken of the world baseball classic team there too so he's got a lot of respect it's going to be hard to cut a guy like this so I guess we'll see but no I can't say fantasy. I don't see another Pujols story coming out of this one this year. All right, Davis, what is going on with the University of Kentucky? They are just, I mean, this is one of the worst seasons I can recall in a long time for them. They have not played good basketball. John Calipari, one of the best college coaches in the history of college basketball, had that little cup of coffee with the Nets, came back, and uh, has had some really good seasons with the Wildcats, but this is not going to be one of them. There's some speculation that maybe at the end of the year, he'd be done. Fantasy, reality, coach. Calipari, coach Cal, will leave Lexington at the end of this season.
4: I mean, I think I'm probably just going to take the safe one here and say no because so much of what John Calipari does is uh it's it's like not even about the on-court product for Kentucky, right? It's that it's that they are always able to bring in the best and the brightest, you know, the absolute uh be- like guys who are going to go to The NBA, uh, you know, Anthony Davis and John Wall and all these guys like that is that is sort of the legacy of the Kentucky program. And I think that that's probably like very good from a like that's got to be good for, for, for a cash perspective for that team. You would have to think like, don't you think it's probably really good for the University of Kentucky to have like all these number one NBA guys? coming in and and so if, if they don't win like who cares you know he's still gonna get the number one prospect on max preps in the next year so yeah he's he's gonna stay
3: yeah i i think that this is reality but davis what has changed here i guess we probably should bring this up is the nil stuff has completely changed all right of college sports and so this notion davis that like alabama's getting the best football players like like that's like kind of gone now at this point because again the money is involved here too. So this applies very directly to college basketball as well. Maybe that's a factor here. I'm not schooled enough to know uh, if that is potentially a factor, but I'm going to guess that it is. I will say that he will stay at Kentucky because if he's going to coach at a school, this is definitely the one for him to still be at. And naturally you are seeing clamoring for some of these other jobs. I don't know, Davis, if you saw this the other day, uh, but you know, Patrick Ewing is having a really tough time at uh georgetown university this year another really good school uh, i don't know if you saw this but jay williams uh, came out and said it's always been my dream i did i did see georgetown. that yeah when when, when he, so you can tell like not only the nil stuff is going on but the coaching stuff is going on too if calipari leaves they'll be everybody will want that job and i don't know that there's a better gig for him out there so i will say fantasy as well All right, White Castle, Davis, we're talking burgers once again here on the show. They have their new menu coming out, and they have their new VIP program just in time for the holiday season. You can take your date. You could take your Valentine to go get White Castle and have a nice little Valentine's Day meal. We'll show the graphic up here in a second. You'll kind of see what it looks like here. Maybe on the 14th, you're going out there with your significant other. She's very into burgers, or he, if you're watching and you want to bring your husband there fantasy reality davis white castle the sliders make a great valentine's day meal fantasy or reality i see i didn't realize what a burger expert you were a few days ago here on the show so i'm sure you've tried these before
4: okay so craig this is uh i mean this like this is so inside uh my my life which is like really funny so there there are a couple different things one is i live in st louis right which is where white castle was originated people love these here there i would say outside of like mcdonald's burger king and um like yeah besides mcdonald's and burger king probably white castle is like the number three uh place around here like people love white castle there's one on like every other corner but the the other interesting intersection is is there is a slider place in my hometown it's Ooh. called the cozy inn it's like our big claim to fame it's been on you know all those all the food channel shows diners and drives and historical places to eat it was on route 66 and all it's like a little six uh six what do they call six stool diner or whatever and they make sliders and and the thing that they always said was that the white castle guy stole the idea from them right is that was kind of always that was the lore in my hometown which obviously is not true uh but here's the thing man sliders are absolutely delicious they are so good it is it is almost the perfect little bite of protein and cheese and bread if you do it if i mean if you don't like onions you're not going to like sliders because it's basically just fried ground beef in like onion juice so if you're not an onion person you're not going to like it obviously i love onions onions are are so good to me um yeah i now on valentine's day Nice Italian dinner. Ten. Uh, that's that's what we do. Uh, you know, some people like other stuff, but we just we always go to a nice Italian place because uh, there's like good uh, ethnic uh, Italian food here in St. Louis. But I mean, if I brought home sliders to my wife on Valentine's Day, she'd definitely eat them for sure.
3: Hmm. So I I am not going to uh, be in the same category as you on this, Davis. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say. This is a fantasy. Now, my wife definitely will enjoy a good burger. I will say that that is true. I will say that uh, I'm no stranger to the grill. In fact, we got a, a new grill about well, maybe a year ago, and I would say that's probably three times a week, four, maybe, maybe four, ah, three times a week. That sounds fair. Maybe maybe four sometimes, but usually I'm cooking up something, a steak, a burger, etc. But Davis... Ain't no way I'm getting away with this on Valentine's Day. It is not happening. I would get the look. I'd get the screaming. Are you kidding me? Like, this is our this is our night. This is, this is our time to go out, go do something. The fortunate part of living in Florida, Davis, is that we have a delicacy here. Uh, and, and, and honestly, delicacy all across the country, too. is just not going to be as fresh. But we have stone crabs here in Florida. Now, I don't know. If you've ever tried these before, if you have not. They're so, it a very they're so high good, rec-
4: man. Yeah, they're this so is good. a high
3: recommendation. That is going to be my wallet. Take a big hit. But that is going to be my my go-to on Valentine's Day. I, I'm going to guess. It has been for years and years. But Davis, having fresh stone crabs is... I mean, For, for anybody who has not tried it before, that with the mustard or some people like the... Um, you know the oil or lemon whatever it is i I gotta tell you that's that's gonna be the valentine's day so i got fantasy there
4: um okay so this is the thing craig i'm from the midwest i've I've always lived in the midwest i've never and i i will forever right like that's that's the deal but in the midwest all of our local like local things like you go to a town you go to a city their local thing it's always going to be heavy it's always going to be something that sits in the bottom of your of your gut you know it's going to be a lot of fat Probably a lot of sugar, probably a lot of butter. Like that's just kind of the way that people eat here in the Midwest. You know, because we're we're all like uh, Scandinavian descendants here. The coastal places, it's so different. Like seafood in Miami. Uh, you know, burritos and and stuff like that in uh, in in California. Like all you know, New York has like everything you could ever ask for. So, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosy, and and I'm fine with that. All obviously, I wish that I could, uh, you know, walk down the street. Go to a bar, uh, you know, get a get a Diet Coke and eat some stone crab, but uh, that that's not going to be on the menu for me, unfortunately.
3: All right, fair enough. All right, we will definitely consider food in the future. I always like talking food here on the show, by the way. Yeah, but I go. Know, I
4: right to... after this. This is perfect.
3: I know, I know. I, I'm already thinking about. It. I've already ordered my lunch. I got to go pick it up after after the, the show is over. I got another show to do, by the way. Two o'clock Eastern. For those of you who never watched, it's Newswire at uh, at two o'clock. Uh, also. Sure. A reminder, uh, here on the show, uh, we did our Thrive Fantasy preview uh, today. Tomorrow, we will run through the entire slate in DFS uh, for the upcoming Wild Card Game. So, uh, join us for tomorrow's show on that. We will be right back here with more fantasy sports today with the Sports Grid 60. So, stay on the grid for that. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, here on Thursday afternoon. We'll be right back. Break, break.
0: The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework,
3: Welcome back Fantasy Sports Today here on the Sports Grid. Can't wait for Super Wild Card Weekend, folks. It's coming fast and furious. Again, join us tomorrow. We'll give you the daily fantasy preview here on the show. Before we end the program, though, it's time for the Sports Grid 60. Here's Davis.
4: All right. So the Kansas city chiefs of all the teams and the AFC did probably, they they conceded the least in all of this. Right. Um, in, in terms of like, you know, they got to choose home field advantage or the first round buyer or whatever the Bengals and the Ravens took the worst of it. The Bengals ended up winning. So it didn't matter. There, there's no coin flipping going on there, but there to me, Craig, there is something sort of uh, unseemly about the AFC Conference Championship game being played indoors in Atlanta. The NFL, like five six minutes ago, just announced that is where the game is going to be played. I mean, that's so far away from Kansas City. That's so far away from Buffalo. That's so far away from Cincinnati. I just I don't know. It's it, it's like more of like a Super Bowl type environment as opposed to like a, a home. Like I think Indianapolis would have been perfect. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, I don't even think it's called that anymore. Uh, but, but that's close enough to Kansas city close enough to daddy close. You know, I just, I'm, I'm bummed out about it being in Atlanta.
3: Yeah. Fans from Kansas city will travel and travel well for that game. I wouldn't be particularly worried about that. Uh, I want to end with Derek Carr. I'm sure we'll be talking about this throughout the week. I said this a couple of weeks ago when it happened and I'll say it again. Now I understand it is the Raiders. Davis made a good point. There's always dysfunction going on with the Raiders. That is true. But this feels so bad for Derek Carr like I mean so many times when I'm scrolling through show and, and you know finding video for our old shows new shows it's always Derek Carr at that poor podium talking and like just pouring his heart out for the Raiders it feels like he was just done wrong in that situation I hope it works out for him so Uh, Good to see that he said goodbye to the fans today. All right, that'll do it for our show. Thanks again, LTN, our friends, our producers, uh, naturally, our graphics department for Davis. I'm Craig. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Davis and I'll be back here to recap the week and look forward to the weekend tomorrow Right here on FST.
5: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart.